0: So good morning, everybody, um, and welcome to today's strategy cafe. Um, This is now our fourth in a series of weekly strategy cafes that we've been doing on uh, managing the response to COVID-19 as a leader. And just speaking to a lot of our clients in the last few weeks, lots of leaders are um, having to navigate quite complicated and complex challenges. And with that comes some difficult conversations, um, whether that be with colleagues, suppliers, um, employees, um, customers, but also at home. Uh, Really, our whole landscape has shifted and we are having to respond so in today's webinar, we are going to go through a series of tips that we've put together um, and really just help signpost you on how to better navigate those um, trickier conversations that you may be having. Um, this strategy cafe follows on from last week's webinar on issue ranking, um, which was all about when how do you prioritise when everything feels like a top priority? Um, And um, so do go back and have a look at that if you if you didn't tune in, but what may have come out of that for you was that there is a need to have some difficult conversations um, as one of your priorities. So we hope that this gives you um, some good tips and insights for you to take away and use um, when having some conversations. I've actually recorded this as a petra um which was um, going through these tips um, in about eight minutes or so. So today we're just going to spend a bit more time on some of the tips and techniques um, and have a conversation um, with you at home, but also colleagues that I will introduce you to as well. So just before we get going, um, you're on this webinar for a reason and I'm, um, you may have questions um, and I assume that you will do. So um, please send in your questions using the questions area and we will um, answer them um, in real time as they come in. So um, if you have a question, don't be shy, put it in the box and we'll um, be um, responding to those as they come in. So um, I just want to introduce um, my colleagues, Nick and David on the line. So perhaps you could both introduce yourself and just tell us what difficult conversations mean to you.
1: Hi everybody, Uh, I'm Nick. Um, uh, So there's two things. One one is just uh, just at the moment, um, uh, as we uh, enter the second month of lockdown, um, there's a difficult conversation to have about how badly my haircut is going and um whether, whether i've got long enough in lockdown to have it completely shaved off for it to grow back and whether that's okay on on video camera but i guess um um for me there's been lots of crucial conversations going on uh, for the last month it's been super intense so my big question coming into this and listening to rosanna's update is um that these conversations don't always happen in a planned way uh, they can come at you out of the blue so I feel like we need to practice a lot to be able to take the ball on the rise, the difficult ball on the rise. And so my question is, how do you do that?
0: Yeah, I think um, a well, big question is about, um, you know, what leadership skills is about having the ability to adapt. I think you're spot on there, Nick.
2: Uh, morning, everybody. I'm David. Um, uh, my My queried about today is that as impatience um, with the lockdown is starting to become uh, higher on the agenda as we approach six weeks into it emotions run high and that makes conversations even more tricky and so uh, managing those difficult conversations that we have at work and at home becomes really um really quite a difficult one for us to address so any tips that we can get out of this today could be useful for me that's for sure
0: Um, Absolutely. Um, I think um, this picture kind of sums it up quite nicely. Um, It might um, you might be anticipating going into um, a bit of a fight and the emotions that you anticipate um that come out of that um, but also the ability to move and flex and be agile and adapt are also important skills so i think this sort of sums up what it can sometimes feel like um knowing that you're going into um, a difficult conversation um so what makes a difficult conversation i think really simply um it's um where stakes are high and that you know that there's a big change involved whether that's a process or somebody having to shift um, their behavior their role um, but there's a high stakes high change involved and the second thing also I think David's alluded to is about those increased emotions so difficult conversations often have increased emotions um, and there may also be opposing opinions um, that you have to navigate as well. Um, complex relationships, you might also have to navigate these as particularly at work because relationships can blur and so you may have a colleague who's also a friend or a colleague who is also a family member. So just really the point here is about being mindful about what, what the relationship you have and being um, really clear on how complex that is and what that might mean. So um, the next few slides then and we're just going to go through some tips um, on sort of how to navigate these difficult conversations. So the first one is about um, knowing your goal um, and before you've actually had a difficult conversation it's about being prepared. So um, hone in on what the heart of the problem is so that your conversation doesn't get off track um, and knowing why the conversation needs to take place can help develop your goals. Um, I also think it's about articulating that um, and when I say articulate, I mean, actually verbalizing, so practice verbalizing um, what your goal is, is really helpful. Um, because as you go into that conversation, you want to be really clear in what you're trying to achieve. And just having practice and you know saying it out loud in front of a mirror oh, um, is a really good tip for just sort of being able to articulate and being really clear about um, what your goal is. Um, so maybe this is a good first place just to stop and um, have questions um, for Nick and David and also to you at home if you've got questions here
1: yeah I'm going to kick off so um, um, I'm not sure goals are simple Uh, so this seems like a simple slide know your goal right but um, they can be complicated what do you guys think about that how do you actually work out you know in a complicated situation what your real goal is and um, can there be several goals here um Uh, How do you know if you got it right?
0: Um, I I think this is um, quite an intuitive point. I think you um, will intuitively know what you're trying to achieve. And I think the point here is about being able to zoom out and go, Um, all these things might happen, but ultimately what are you trying to achieve? And just really being a, have the ability to take a step back and go, if there was just one thing I wanted to achieve out of this conversation, what is it? There might be lots of other things that you want to achieve um, and you can think about sort of secondary goals that you might have, but I think just being really clear on what the one thing is, um, big picture, zoom out, just to help you keep that focus.
2: Yeah, I think um, one of the tools that we've introduced to the, the listeners over the last couple of weeks is the Now, Where, How tool. And it, we use it typically in um, client scenarios where you're trying to strategize about where the business might be now, where the business might end up in future, and then plugging in the, the how you're going to get there. But you could use the same thinking for uh, a, a difficult conversation, actually. you could. Um, uh, understanding the situation now with the person that you have to have the conversation with and getting clarity on where you want to get to in future you could use the same tool albeit maybe not on a whiteboard maybe just in conversation with yourself or with someone else beforehand so that you can set the dials for a successful outcome
0: yeah um, just um just thinking out loud actually this actually might also be something that once you've got that clear in your own mind might be something that um you could you could share with the other person depending on the nature of the um, conversation it might be that you collectively do this as well um, I think it's a great tool.
1: Um, I, we use it a lot and I think uh, just throw in here while we're on this the uh, so my experience of this is there can be tensions between some of the goals so I think you're right Rosanna when you said it's quite intuitive and you should ultimately step back and say okay what's my overall goal just being sort of really practical about it for a moment. Let's say we're having a conversation with someone, and you know, truth is that business performance is down right now, and we need to take account of that. So we're trying to take salaries down, and that's a question of consent. So we have to have a conversation with somebody about reducing their reducing their pay. It's a hard conversation, and there are two sides to it. There's the human cost. Um, for you and the person. And then there's also the analytical, which uh, is environmental, if you like. It's the background to this conversation. We don't get the environment right. Then the human side is going to have further consequences down the track. So there's even in just that tension between like those two points, there's some complexity in the goal. I think like a simple concept of my goal is to take my costs out is um can get lost um in, in the context of my goal is to keep the business survivable which might mean taking costs down but retaining people so it changes the i think that changes the tone of the conversation Does so it mean so you're still having the same conversation but your way of doing it is shifted by that that where being just on the one hand just analytical which is just cost down and on the other hand more human which is cost down and keep motivation high and keep people
0: yeah I just just um before we move on to the next slide i think one of the th- things that i think people find challenging also is the balance between kindness so that's the human side just wanting to be kind to that person but also right. the truth and I think that's a really difficult balance for people to find. And um, sometimes they're aligned, um, but sometimes they feel like they're so opposing. So mm-hmm. sometimes you know, telling the truth might not feel kind and that's the um, tricky part. And that's quite a motive for you as a person having to deliver that news. Mm-hmm. That's really tricky. So just moving on uh-huh. actually, Actually, just to emotions, then, so um I think um we would we've discussed emotions quite a lot, and I think this is about your own emotions, um so just notice what emotions you have going into that conversation, does that? do you bring fear, um, you know, what emotions, are you frustrated with that person and that's the trigger for having the conversation? It, it's quite helpful just to notice what emotions you have, but also, you know, it's, in human nature, it's it, it's natural for us to pick up on other people's emotions as well. And so you might pick up during the conversation, their feelings um, that they're they're having as well as your own. So I think emotions can get the better of us um, all of the time um, and so it's just noticing what those emotions and in advance sort of think about what those are and try and sort of clear those up and just be just noticing them is a really good first step um, to help you better manage them. Um, The next tip is around remaining focused. So um, this is, you may, there may be times in the conversation where you notice that you're going off track, and this is about going back to your goal and remembering to come back to that. Um, Now, um, that's sort of quite simple in in theory, but um, it actually can be quite difficult to find the words to sort of take that conversation back to where you want to go. and i find a useful phrase um um is to say look that might be true, um, but I'm here to talk to you about um, this situation. So, um, so can we move back onto that? And I think that just really nicely acknowledges their point, um, but also helps you keep back on fo- on track of what you're trying to achieve. And I think it's your job you to be aware when you've lost that focus, and it is your job to keep that on track. Um, and it's not it's not their responsibility; it's your responsibility.
2: I've got a query around this one, Rosanna. Um, Obviously, emotion plays a really big part in any conversation, especially when those emotions are high and perhaps there's a clash of emotions. So if there's a conflict and somebody's feeling anxious about a situation and someone's got some uh, some anger, opposing anger, and those two emotions are going to meet at some point, even if you've dialed it down ahead of the conversation. So what happens mid-flow should those two emotions suddenly clash and you get a spike. And your outcome and an attempt to remain focused becomes blurred because let's face it, I know, you know, certainly within the workplace and at home, buttons can get pushed. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What are you doing? Well, I think the first thing to say is that a difficult conversation might sound singular, but um there's nothing if you notice that things are just getting a little bit too heated, um, it's completely fine. And the best thing to do, if it's getting too much, just to sort of say, look, notice that and agree to come back to it at a later point when the emotion levels have died down. So I think the first point is actually it doesn't have to happen in one conversation. Um, and having the confidence to um just pause take stock and and readdress it at at another time um but some of these might be really time critical these conversations and i think this is about you know there's so much um comparison to sports and leadership um but I, i was just thinking about you know when you're playing um um a game of tennis and you are uh, watching a game of tennis and you you know that um that player loves the drop shot and so you've already got in the back of your mind that you're anticipating the drop shot so you might um with people that you know well you might be anticipating that reaction um, and, and, and that's the practice is knowing the game and being familiar with those emotions and having um, thought about it in advance. Um, okay, my buttons might get pushed in this way. This player might do that drop shot. How am I going to respond? And just thinking about it um, before time. But you can always just pause and have the conversation at another time because um, you don't know sort of how the conversation might might happen yeah it's great um so um this leads on quite nicely so addressing things quickly um so you know you may you may absolutely hate conflict but putting it off will only make things matters worse and so the longer that you put off the having the difficult conversation the bigger the problem will become so It's really just about just do it. Once you realize there's a problem, just set up the meeting and address it and really just have the confidence to to do it. Um, Related to that is about the environment. So um, thinking about um, where and how you're going to um, um, have the conversation. So in, I'm gonna say, pre-COVID times, this might be about finding a neutral place um, and somewhere that doesn't fit, you know, it's not in your office, it's not on your territory. Um, Or um, is there a table in the middle of your conversation? Are you going to sit next to each other or are you going to sit opposite? Um, Are you going to make a cup of tea? together and then have that you know all those little things make somebody feel more comfortable and the context of the conversation um is related to the environment that you're in so um just think more carefully about where you're having the conversation um nick you i think you might have a question
1: yeah Uh, yeah yeah uh, your post-covid one so we're now doing all of this by video call right yeah so um how do we adapt in the video environment you know eye line like trigger points and buttons like david david was saying how do we adapt in the in the video environment to to deal with this right way
0: yeah i i mean um you might feel, might feel more confined to your desk at this point or kitchen table or you know wherever your office is um i actually don't think that stops us so um i have been noticing that for some conversations i've been having it on the sofa um and i think sometimes changing where you're having the conversation when it's nice whether I've sort of gone outside um, and finding a different space, um, maybe a more relaxed space if that's needed. Um, The other thing to say is, I mean, I, you know, you can still have a, tea or coffee together and actually we've been reaching out to clients and saying look we would normally be going for a coffee let's have a virtual coffee together i think we can still do some of those things um um, just obviously on video um and i think just taking breaks together as well i think just all things to try and keep it as normal as possible
2: I actually think it's uh, introduced a new level of relaxed conversation between on, on a professional level. I know some of the conversations that I've been having have been, you know, you'll open up with how you all the niceties of things, but suddenly there'll be someone's child or a dog in the background. And it, there's
1: a real barrier lower. And I think that's a good thing to come out of this. Yeah. I do think just uh, on that, you have to also be very careful if you're having a crucial conversation with somebody. For example, it's a performance review chat. You in a a kick off, knowing that they might be in a flat with some of their flatmates, they might be sitting on the settee, and there might be colleagues Mm. around, friends around. So you know there's a danger that the environment is not like safe for them. Mm. So I think that's a really important point. Just yeah, then
0: that's um, really important. Yeah. Um, so just rushing through the next ones then. So um, this is about your mindset. So um, the the point I want to make here is just watch your assumptions um, um, that you you might have about how the conversation might go. So anticipation and sort of thinking about some of the outcomes is really helpful to help you respond and anticipate the drop shot. But just be careful of what assumptions that you may have about that person and their reaction, but also um, your beliefs and biases. So remember that um, uh, others are likely to have slightly different viewpoints on the world. um, And just just try and go in with a positive and open mindset and um, confidence in yourself that you can adapt and respond. Um, So that's really just about setting your mindset. So are you going in with a positive and open mind? And have you thought about what assumptions that you might have um and just sort of understand those a bit better um this second point here just relates to um what nick was just talking about about asking permission so um i think it's just always worth um checking in with the other person and say, look, this is my intention of the conversation. This is the goal that I've articulated. Um, but just ask permission that it's is OK, because there are other factors which might mean that the other person isn't in the right mindset to have that conversation. So whether that's environmental, so... Um, I don't know, expecting a delivery or there's housemates in the room or it's whatever it is. I think just having that permission, it also puts the other person um, a little bit more at ease um, and like um, they have a little bit of control over, you know, when and how they have the conversation. So um, it is courteous, but it's also to help have an effective conversation because you want them to be in the right mindset. Um and the way that I normally start these conversations is the getting to the facts first, um, and then come to your perspective second. And so just be really clear about what is true and what are the facts, um, and try not, your, try not to let your own perspective come across as the truth. Um, And that's quite a a challenge um, because they're all thoughts, the facts and our perspectives are all thoughts in our minds. Um, But get to the facts first and then come with your perspective second. And I think then it's also asking for their perspective. Um, And you don't need to be talking the whole time and really listening to what their perspective is really helps you see things um and for the other person it's about them feeling heard which will reduce any tension um, and if they aren't forthcoming in their perspective i think just have the confidence to ask questions to gain more understanding um and so be clear with your intentions um you're asking questions because you want to understand better where they're coming from um so um just allowing them to feel heard um so this point's about finding common ground so um I can't remember who said it to me, but every conversation is a negotiation was something that somebody once told to me. And I think that's about what is the common ground. Um, And um, if there are opposing opinions, it's about finding the one or two things that you do agree on. and um, assume that we all have good intentions and we want a positive outcome. So finding that one thing, one or two things that you do agree on, just helps sort of uh, build that rapport. Um, This one, notice their defensive triggers. Um, So um, we've covered this quite a lot in david's initial question in terms of how they might react um but i think just noticing what their reactions are and are they um becoming defensive um and just be careful as to it are you pushing their buttons so if you're making them defensive or they're becoming defensive look for how you can um put them at ease um, and just check in on them, I guess. So if you notice that um, somebody is getting defensive, you can just check them on that. So I noticed that um, you're being quiet. Um, um, do you have anything that you want to say? Or I noticed that you're, you're not really um, happy with what I'm saying, perhaps we should talk about that um and so addressing the ploy openly and sincerely i think is um a good way just to sort of check in on their reactions because this is yeah sorry i was was just gonna say it normally is a conversation that needs to be had and so you can't just not have the conversation if they're not wanting to so um yes come back to it but uh, i think it's also just you've got to address their reaction quite openly
1: Sorry, Rosanna, it we been to flow. I just uh, got a question in from Don, um, which is um I thought it was a good place to ask it. So we're just into this, like, you know, you're building rapport and then there's a defensive trigger, so the rapport is dropped. Um yeah. Don's question is how do you handle rapport building over the video camera? Uh, any any thoughts, guys, on that? Yeah, rapport I mean
0: building. um I mean, I I th- I think the same rules apply. I think um I think not going into the conversation too headstrong, Um, try and put them at ease by just asking them, you know, questions about how their day's been, gives you clues to sort of where they're at. Um, But I think also that ultimately rapport is just about finding that common ground. So it might be that you found that common ground, And then they've got defensive so you just have to you have to go back here um and that can feel like you're going around but ultimately in this state they are not going to want to have the conversation and it's not going to be effective um but i i I feel like the same will apply with video um as they do in real life really yeah
2: I've, i've um I've read about a technique where going in with a blank canvas um, assume you know nothing about what the other person has to say and using that technique so prompt you to ask questions that you may not have asked otherwise which will lead you into conversational areas which are perhaps untapped and they wouldn't have happened had you gone in with a loaded canvas or knowing something so just zeroing that back is a way
1: of just starting from right at the bottom and building up i'll just Hello. add one tip from me on this so um, i just think you can use the environmental tools a little a little bit more cutely as well so you can turn your video on and off so if people are feeling a little bit too exposed maybe just go to voice for a while because staring at people can be part of the shared visual trigger so if you take the video off it might take and that might take the tension down a little bit it's a little bit like when you look at people directly in the eyes you know that it's quite sharp so looking away can help just give them a bit of space to have an emotional you know, uh, an emotion process. Um, And then moving from about you to about the thing also just takes that heat down a little bit as well. So turn the video off and talk about the issue, just for a little bit takes it away from me looking at you and talking to you about you, which is a bit more intense. So I think the same conversational rules apply. And you can use this to turn to switch them a little.
0: Yeah, I think that's great points. Um, Just a final few points from me and just um, as it's coming up to 9.30, I'll rattle through these quite quickly. Um, This point is about being okay with silence. So um, often silence can feel uncomfortable um, and I think the point here is about not rushing to fill the the gap in conversation um, with words. I think silence is a good clue that the other person is thinking and reflecting. Uh, It might be that they're stonewalling and just rejecting, but um, I just don't don't rush to fill the silence with words because it might mean lots of different things. Um, And it's about getting okay with that. Um, I know there were some questions on this, but I might just go through all the tips and then we can come back to questions on on, on this just so that we can finish in time. Um, the final two points are around shared problem solving. Um, so um, finding, um, you know, the first step in the outcome. So um, a difficult conversation shouldn't be about just sort of airing your grievances. It has to be constructive. So what can you both do to help? And, and just um finding um a smaller solution and be prepared to accept a, a first step solution to be able to just take a step forward. This the point related to that is about asking for willingness. So um as you start to problem solve together and come up with solutions, it might be well I've tried that and um, it didn't work and well I've done all these other things and um this is evidence that I'm doing well, whatever it is. Um, this is about asking for willingness so you can accept that they've tried but actually finding what the other person is willing to do um, is a really helpful step because it changes the motivation from negative to positive. So it's about actually what are they trying to do? What what are they willing to do? And, and that's a real positive step forward. So this is like the, 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 the leap. And um, so sometimes it can feel like that and sometimes it might be smaller. But just before you leave, you should both have confirmed what you're willing to do and try or change and then the final point is about summarizing and getting the accountabilities agreed so um I think it's really important that y- if you've initiated this conversation that you um summarize what has been said um and what you've agreed um summarize what's next so what the agreed next action is and also just have a review point if that's required. So there's a check back. So the net what has been said and what you've agreed to do next might be just to pause the conversation and come back to it. But it's really important that you just summarise. And um, sometimes it's good to get these written down and just sort of ask um the other person to write down these things in an email and just agree it. But agree it verbally at the end of the session is really important too. Um so they're they're all our tips um they are just like a summary of helpful tips and no um real order but just sort of a collection of things that have come up um for me and have h- helped sort of help me navigate difficult conversations um um so that's going to conclude today's webinar recording i will stay online just to um Ask questions. Um, so thank you for joining in and listening. Um, and if you've enjoyed it, then we'll be sh- sending rounds a recording of the webinar. So please do sh- share. Um, so you may have questions. Um, so just as you're submitting questions, um, David, do you want to talk about maybe what's coming up next? I know there's some more strategy cafes coming up, yeah, and then we'll sure. just stay um, around online for taking your questions.
1: There is a question up just so you know guys.
0: Okay.
2: Um, right I'll
1: be I'll be real quick. Um, we've got the
2: we've got a, a few weeks break uh, before the next strategy cafe which will be a special one actually um which is why we're taking a bit longer to get it ready. It's going to be a um a leader round table where we're assembling um, a group of leaders who have been sort of taken from different areas of um, and different sectors who are going to come together and talk about uh, their challenges through COVID-19. And they'll be talking about what they've endured, what their uh, learnings are from uh, this experience, and how they plan to move forward as we as we emerge out of it. So um, that's going to happen on the twen- Wednesday, the 20th of May. It'll be a Wednesday this time, just due to availability. So hopefully you can all make that. Um, I will send round details very, very shortly if you haven't already
1: got them actually. Um, and then I'll put a follow-up with any tools and things in an email for later today. Uh, so Michael asks, how do you deal with the uh, person who's intentionally trying to derail a discussion? And is it easier to do that on a call or on a video call like a phone call or a video call great question
0: um i'll take it <laughs> um i was just going to go back to i'm just trying to find the slide um, i think it's this one i think um it's acknowledging So whether you believe that to be true, um, acknowledging, I think it might have been this one actually about keeping focus. I think you have to acknowledge um, that they want to take it in a different track. And I think having a phrase that keeps you on track, which doesn't compromise, you know, you're not agreeing to that person's point of view, but I think you do have to acknowledge it. Um, And then I think it comes back to then shared problem solving. And I think being like, ultimately, we have to find something that's going to work for both of us. We can't stay in this stalemate, we have to move forward. And so we have to find something. So I, don't be afraid if that is happening and they're on loop, just to call it out. Um, I would probably call it out and say look, we are this is this is we aren't going to go anywhere and we need to we need to um, find what works. Um, and that's the responsibility of both parties.
2: Yeah, I've got a I've got a response to that one. um I their disruptiveness is probably coming from a place where there is actual genuine concern. Therefore, I would I would actually turn that back and start to question the disruptive commentary that's coming from them, um and perhaps using a tool like the five whys again. Just dig, 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 and 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 at the front end of that, you've probably got the disruptive element. But behind it, you might find something that's a truer and honest belief of theirs, which is actually where the cause is. And it's not the disruption that they're aiming for. It may, it may seem like disruption on the surface, but underneath,
1: it's actually something uh, genuine that's troubling them. Um, I'll throw in my tuppence worth. So, uh, my what came to my head was the by hook or by crook, which is um, like there's the pushes and pulls of conversation. I think um, just to start, going back to Rosanna's point about goals, uh, one of the things that we can be frightened of as leaders is some of the consequences that might come up of our conversation. That's the risk of it. Uh, So when you're having a conversation, sometimes it does risk people leaving. Um, You might be frightened of that, frightened of the consequences of that, frightened of what might happen, you know, anxiety. So that might stop you by hook or by crook, as it were, the push and the pull, having the whole conversation. But as you go in, I think you have to be open to all possibilities. Uh, so if we can't come together, then the way we find common ground is by coming apart. Ultimately, that is an acceptable outcome. That is an acceptable outcome. Um, and it's the way you handle that. So um, and by hook or by crook, I mean by that sometimes you just wait and let people talk. And um, they've got stuff to say, just listen and listen and listen and then ask for more and ask for more and ask for more until they've yeah. said that. Just let them say their piece. Take a bit yeah
0: of time. I think I think they're both fantastic points guys um and also um so acknowledging but also just asking okay what are they willing to do um because I think by asking that question that there is like I was saying there's something in there and actually they're wanting to, they have an issue to resolve and so what are they willing to do I think is also just coming back to that question you might be quite surprised by just asking that what they might suggest. Yeah. Do we have any more questions?
1: Um one from me. Um so uh, this is about um you know the video call like Michael is talking about the video call where you can see people's facial expressions. Mm. Um I just think you know how can you read can you read what's going on you're watching somebody intently you're telling them some truth and you can see their facial expressions. Mm. Uh, and you're probably inferring what they're thinking, how should you handle your own judgment and your own inference?
0: Well, I was actually um, reading some research about the um, the role that body language has to play. And I think it's interesting um, in the context of video calls. So the research historically has been that we communicate mostly with our body and then it's about tone and then it's about words. Um, And there's actually new interesting evidence which says that actually our words are a lot more important than we think. Um, So I think there is a, a nature of, um you know how how what sort of chair we're sat in does that make us feel relaxed Um that has an impact on our tone um and it's also about what we're wearing it gives a sign to the other person about those sort of clues but I think it's it's not just about body language, it is about the words that we use, and particularly over video, thinking more about the the words that we are using and being a little bit more careful so regardless of the importance of body language, ultimately we only have you know head and shoulders, maybe a dog or a cat that comes in, but I think going back to the words and the tone i think is actually really important and being really careful about what words we're using and
2: yeah, this brings articulation back into into the into frame doesn't it because um uh point to lisa feldman again and um her book about how emotions are made she talks about um vocabulary being a limitation of our understanding of emotion. And it's the same in, in conversation when we speak. If you're if you're feeling a bit down and you're not feeling you've brought your A game 100%, your vocabulary is going to be a little bit limited, and therefore the way that you articulate your position, your feelings, and how, how your your outlook on something it's going to be limited by your vocabulary. And therefore, the body language and the signals that you give through that become more pronounced. So you have to be conscious of both both as exactly as Rosanna says uh what you say and how you
1: you you portray yourself on on camera great points my my comment just to throw in at the end here would be just don't you know don't get sucked into your own judgment of someone else's facial expressions um it's really important that to note that you might be wrong so uh i would maybe uh urge caution and say ask um how are you feeling yeah. what's that like yeah. where are you at and then suddenly they'll break into a beam and they'll say yeah i'm fine with it all yeah. and you're watching their face, and then thinking oh my god this is going so bad this is going so bad yeah. they look really down and then when you ask the question they just like, crack a smile and say yeah fine got it <laughs> Oh, you know, that one's over
0: do we have any more questions come in nick you're, you're you've got the panel
1: we got some great, we had some great questions from uh, Don, and it's lovely to have Don on the line. I don't know whether Don, you're still there. I think Don might have just dropped off because we're running up to 9.41, but it's been um, really nice to connect. And um, good question from Michael. Um, we, uh, there was a question just about silence. Um, so I guess maybe that's the last point. You know, you, we we had that slide on silence, being comfortable with silence. Um, question there is, you know, um, how do you prepare for coping with silence?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I think you can practice this. Um, you're gonna know, as soon as that slide comes out, you're gonna know whether you're, that makes you feel uncomfortable. So just the concept, does that make you feel uncomfortable? Um, and you can practice this um, as well. Um, so I think you've, gotta, you've got to, imagine you're sort of in another chair and taking you know one step removed and think actually if i was observing this conversation from a third party or a neutral um what would you be observing and so, um rather than sort of thinking about yourself as the person having a conversation um you could think okay there's silence here i'm going to go to this other chair and you know psychologically speaking, I'm gonna go and sit mentally in that chair and observe it. And just what do I then notice? Rather than worrying about, they still haven't spoken, they still haven't spoken, they still haven't spoken. um, Give yourself a little test to notice what their facial expressions are, what their body language is, do they look like they're competing? That sort of thing. Um, And just practise that.
2: I've got a I've got a response to that as um, we, we we all have a tendency to to be uncomfortable with silence at times um, and and the inclination is to rush in and save everybody from this silence that's attacking us um, when I I think if you start to recognise silence and when it's happening professionally and personally. You can become more accustomed to it and what it is and why it happens. Um, When I'm out walking the dog with my wife sometimes in the fields, we can have silence for a few minutes and I don't ever feel uncomfortable. That's fine. But if you have a couple of minutes silence in a boardroom, all of a sudden that takes on a different characteristic. And I've been I've been in those situations and it's very, very uncomfortable because it's just eyes. So I think to Rosanna's point, just
1: become just practice it just get used to it we had a we had a great board meeting like that we were just going through uh, with clients going through um like a series of really 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 difficult decisions so obviously at the board you're sort of bringing together all the different economic interests and they've all got slightly different everyone's got slightly different tack and uh, interest in it and then you know there's a couple of people if you've got a good construction who are neutral but it, the point of it is to resolve those tensions and there's one particular point which is like crucial for getting the whole package right uh, something had to be done for everyone to buy into the rest and um, wouldn't be done and uh, we ended up with just this silence probably it was for a minute and a half and the person that had to concede on this point absolutely hated it and ended up by say i up by saying look you can all just be quiet with me like that I'm just telling you you're making me really uncomfortable I really don't like this um, but then he went off and did it so got it done <laughs> It's just really uncomfortable, but it's fine.
0: Um, so, I think that looks like that's our lot. Um, so, um, thank you to those who I can see uh, lots of you have stuck around and just sort of to hear the questions and our conversation afterwards. So, thank you all very much for uh, joining. I hope you found that interesting and insightful. Um, we'll be sharing the videos, um, the, the recording of this um, with you uh, later today. So, um, and any feedback that you have, um, then please just share it with one of us um, and also. So I hope that you feel like you can share this around with people that may find it interesting. So hope to see you on the next Strategy Cafe um, on the 20th of May. So thank you very much. Have a good day and we'll see you soon.
1: Thanks, guys. Bye, everybody. Have a great day.